You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver Media Podcast. True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. sound you got no sound sir we can't hear you well let's try that is that better it's better okay well good morning if you happen to be on mountain time or good afternoon kids and gups and welcome to season three of the true north eager beaver but uh -uh, today we have a little special um it's our alberta election special basically episode number four or part two of episode three or 3.5 however you want to call it <laughs> today recording day is sunday april 30th last day of the month 2023 and uh it started off a little great but it looks like the sun is making an effort here at the beaver lodge i'm your host the eager beaver pronouns he him he mr beaver eh? and with me as always is my good friend my constant companion mr grizzly of course a big thank you goes to our founding sponsors, the Peppermaster, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com. Um, we have, well, before we do that, yes, we have to say hello, of course, to Mr. Grizzly and ask you, how's your mental health? Good, sir. Do, do you need the coffee this morning? Uh, I'm, <laughs> act, I'm actually excited. I actually have a little too much adrenaline. Plus, I have a hard okay. out today, so I have to be disciplined. So, <clears throat> You have what out today? A hard out. Oh, a hard out. Yeah. I thought you said your heart yeah, out. I'm borrowing like, your lingo. What? <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no, no problem. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling okay, better than yesterday. Uh, the migraine's still there, but it's, it's diminished considerably to the point where I'm not a, a crusty bugger. So, yeah, yay, yeah, doing better. Okay, okay. I think your processor might be eating you up. You seem a little pixelated there. Um, yesterday we had uh, the honor and the privilege of Craig Baird from Canadian History A or eggs on our show. And um, we had a great conversation. Would have loved to have to, had the opportunity to have our guest today, uh, Nate Pike from uh, the Breakdown Alberta and him together, uh, but schedules didn't work. But uh, they'll be with us hopefully together on our May 29th show. And uh, we'll be able to... Uh, get them talking together there because uh, we talked a little history yesterday. Uh, but today we're going to talk a little more current events. So, uh, Mr. Grizzly, why don't we uh, invite our guest in? Please, a uh, warm welcome and a round of applause to Nate Pike of The Breakdown. How's it going, guys? 
<laughs> Pretty good. How are you? I have a big cup of coffee beside me here, so I am doing good and getting better. Okay. Awesome. Uh, my friend, you have been busy. A little bit. Oh, boy. Okay. There's, let's see, we've got people receiving gifts and go donations. We have people being nominated to multiculturalism committees and then resigning because, um, interesting things. Um, we have, uh, I'm sure there's still some Pulaski stuff going on in the background, but even though we haven't been hearing about it, but basically we have a, a zone essentially being flooded. I mean, there's like a daily two or three things, uh, which maybe that's why nobody's talking about Pulaski anymore. Cause there's just so many brush fires to like put out, but whoa, holy moly, my friend. And it, it's getting worse. Like this morning, um, we already have a, a new thing that, that kicked off literally about half an hour ago. Um, the the same candidate from Livingstone McLeod who made the comments about, ah, if you have a heart attack, you really should have just taken better care of yourself. Uh, she put up a fascinating statement where she said, okay, so before I entered politics, I said a lot of things on social media, a lot of things. And I probably shouldn't have said those things. I probably should have, I'm paraphrasing for the record. I probably shouldn't have said those things. I probably should have researched things, those things more better. But I said a lot of things. I've grown as a person. I hope we can move on. Um, now, her social media was quite aggressively purged a little while ago because before she started to run for the UCP nomination, she was actually uh, ran to be the, ma the mayor of the town that she's in. Um, and so the, the, the DMS of the breakdown right now are quite busy because there's a lot of people who are floating the idea, the rumor, if you will, uh, that there may have been a database of all of the UCP candidates, um, very bad social media posts that database may have somehow been breached. Uh, and so it's only about to get spicier possibly as a very careful language. So not so much upcoming bozo eruption, but more like collective bozo volcanic eruption. Yeah, like it looks like it's going to be kind of a Vesuvius thing um, because, mm -hmm. you know, when, when you have, I mean, if it was just one of the other candidates out of the blue who had had no problems in the past saying, um, I might have said some things, sorry about that, guys. Uh then it would probably be a little bit less eyebrow raising. But when it's the same candidate who already got massive, massive media coverage because of her appearance on a fairly far right podcast um, that was hosted by the leader of Take Back Alberta, where she talked about if you get a heart attack, you know, you really should have just taken better care of yourself, which she acknowledged was political suicide. Because in the precursor comment to her saying that, she said, this is probably political suicide. Watch <laughs> um, me dive. Yeah, I'm going to go right into it. The fact that it's her is going to have a couple of compounding effects. So the first one's going to be that there's going to be way more media coverage on it. Mm -hmm. Because this isn't an, this is a known commodity that's saying ridiculous things. Mm -hmm. um, and B, this, I understand the preemptive statement. But um, it's already made everybody go, what now? Uh, well, let's see what those, let's see how bad it is. Yeah, that's that's the first thing I hear said. Because, you know, I mean, Petty's my favorite color. And I might, you know, if you got not something not nice to say, come sit next to me. So let's go see what you had to say, girlfriend. Exactly. <laughs> so it, my ring, mine's want to know. <laughs> how bad was it? It's going to be a wild month. It's like, it's like a bad joke. It's like, mm. my Twitter feed was so bad. How bad was it? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> click, click, click. <laughs> I was just, before I came on, I was just going through the, the timeline of the breakdown to sort of reacquaint myself with all of the events of the week. And I'm not going to lie, looking at some of the things, I was like, wait, that was five days ago? Yeah. That's it feels like forever ago yeah. already. Because I was listening to your yeah. stuff, and I was like, "Holy crap, man! How was he doing?" And and if I remember correctly, that candidate, I, I remember you reported has a husband that also has interesting thoughts. On yeah, they forgot to <laughs> they forgot to purge his. It's purged now, <laughs> uh, but they forgot to purge his social media. So we went back 
um after the heart attack comment thing we were like well let's go see what the hubby has to say uh and he had pro putin videos on there he apparently judging from his facebook posts uh was involved in for sure several convoys and it looks like one of them was in fact the the coots blockade which isn't great especially when you take into context the fact that the alleged campaign manager for the candidate is one of the people who's up on charges for the coots blockade so it's just like it's a little, it's a little bit hills have easy in alberta right now <laughs> It's it's like it's an SNL skit, isn't it? It's an SNL skit. It's I mean, just, legitimately, it's so absurd. Well, you know, and I mean, even just yesterday, the you referenced the the candidate, not the candidate, but the individual who was appointed to the inclusion and multiculturalism uh, council for the premier, who had a history of Holocaust <laughs> denial and anti-Semitism. And yeah, that, that picture is a. <laughs> it's like it's not very often that i put up like a hey <laughs> brace yourselves because this gets pretty bad pretty quick uh and i had to do that on last sundays uh the last two sundays episodes because it's it's a graphic graphic picture um but uh photos leaked yesterday because yesterday was everybody's soft campaign launch even though the red hasn't been dropped yet which is just like please just pull the band-aid off um yeah but uh that candidate appear or that that individual appeared at one of the campaign rallies and was pictured front and center with one of the candidates the ucp candidates who's at least for the next i don't know 24 hours or so still a minister of the crown so they they've learned their lessons <laughs> yes ah. I, I do have to say this I do have to say this while we're oh while we're all present here. I think this is uh, hey. How about them Oilers? Yeah, I hear there's some sports thing going on. Some sports thing yeah, going some on. Some sportsing, yeah. There was a pucky thingy and some red lights flashed and that's like six times, <laughs> times or something. Yeah. Holy crow! Wow. Yeah, they done. They done did well. But they it, done did well. It, but we, we we've got like a, a tale of two cities essentially going on right well it's, it's battleground like, calgary and yeah. but i mean like the hockey team the hockey team the oilers are doing well calgary's are not in and it seems that there are two different processes for getting new arenas depending on which city you're living in and how close you are to an election now, of course apparently the money is not so much for the arena but everything around it like mm -hmm. when she actually came out and said at the arena announcement, when she actually came out and said, Hey, you know, there's this one hurdle left. I got to get cabinet to approve it. Haven't done that yet. Probably not going to be time. So I guess you're just going to have to make sure you vote for the UCP. If you want your arena, Calgary, like it was so like, I watched the announcement and I was just like, did she just, did she actually? And now she's of course yeah. trying to backpedal a little, little, little bit uh, where she's like, no, 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 don't. I don't want the election to be about the arena. And it's understandable why, because when you take a look at, of course, of course she has connections uh, that, that go back to the, the arena folks. It's just like. That's great for attracting foreign investment. Well, I'm the I type mean, of potential future premier that announces big projects couple of weeks just before the register, maybe a couple of days, and that may or may not happen. But hey, I don't all this work to get all these people to arrange all this financing, but who knows? Well, the, the crazy thing is, if, when you take a look at the key players from the Flame side, so the owners of the Flames, the people yeah. of the, the Calgary Sports Entertainment, whatever the hell it is, um, most of them, if not all of them, are and were part of an organization called the Alberta Enterprise Group. The Alberta Enterprise Group is a collection of like-minded business people who uh, want to advance businessy things. And mm -hmm. when Danielle Smith lost her radio program, she was made president of that group right up until she announced she was running for UCP leadership. So she's literally 
coming from a place where she was president of the group where she was advocating for a lot of the things that she's now making sure are getting paid for. And there's a lot of people who are looking at the the way that the deal is structured and the details. We still need the details, but it appears that the way the deal is structured is what the province has done is they've come in and they've said, hey, city of Calgary, um, you want to pay more money? And the city of Calgary said, no, thank you. And went to the 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 private owners and said hey you want to pay more money and the private owner said no thank you and so the province then said okay here's what we're going to do we're going to make you actually to the, the private owners we're going to make you pay less money we're going to come in with a boatload of taxpayer dollars we're going to assume a lot of responsibility for the infrastructure around the site that you would normally have to pay for and in the previous deal did we're going to take that all off the table so if we take like I don't know, $300 million or something out of your responsibility. Are you cool now? And of course they said, well, we'd like some more stuff too, please. But yes. So now they've got a bunch of land uh, option buying rights and it's just a giant mess. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. Yeah. And this is the core, core piece of the conversation. And they want to manage the pension. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on that. Cause we got a bomb coming on that mm. later tonight. But, um, uh, we're talking about an organization that generates millions of dollars and is owned by billionaires. There's yeah. it's ludicrous. And the, the, there are so many case examples across North America in Canada and the United States where taxpayers get fleeced by mm -hmm. these sorts of deals. And the people who already are making the mad money continue to make the mad money. Like it's absolutely ludicrous mm -hmm. at a time where Daniel Smith is paying people hundred bucks a kid or old person because things are so mm -hmm. unaffordable that we're now going to take all of the taxpayer dollars and subsidize billionaires. It's ridiculous. Uh, uh, welcome to the new feudalism, right? <laughs> I mean, t tell me they're not our f new feudal or overlords. I, I mean, people say I've, I'm, I'm being hyperbolic when I say this, but uh, not if you really look at what's taking place. I mean, that is complete. Look, and here's the best part. She's not even trying to hide mm -hmm. what she's doing. Yep. You know, it's Doug Ford's doing the same thing. She's they're, they're emboldened to doing it now. They're, they're fleecing the public in front of the public and they're not ashamed of it. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I just, I don't even know what to think anymore, man, because it's so bizarre. If you had told me 20 years ago in 20, you know, 20 years from now in 2023, um, a, a former hash dealer from Etobicoke will be the premier of Ontario and he's going to sell off everything he can. And by the way, that's not an accusation. It's been a proven fact that he was a hash dealer. It's well known. He did graduate high school. He dropped out of college. Let's set the record straight on that. But if you had told me that that would be running Ontario and that we've got this a woman in, in Alberta who wants to be a sovereign nation within a nation and control the airports, which she can't do because that's a federal program, wants to set up zones to fly to safe freedom areas in Florida. I'd be like, you're, you're out of your mind. You're, that'll never happen. That's the most bizarre. And yet here we are. We, we have people who believe that there's a 5G nanobot chip in the, in the vaccine and that the world is flat and Nazism is on the rise. 20 years ago, I would have said, no, none, none of that could ever happen. Yet here we are. And I just, I just don't know what to think anymore. It's just so Last night I was on the Twitter and I saw some stuff. I made one comment and I'm like, that's it. I'm out. I'm out. I've had enough. My, my blood pressure's starting to rise. This is ridiculous. The world is upside down. Uh, people lie. Politicians lie, blatantly lie to our faces when we can prove within two seconds on the Googler that they lied to us. Yeah, it's, it's literally and cheap lies. Doing. Yep. It's cheap lies. It, they're not even creative. Yep. Like the whole thing where you can't tear up the Constitution like that, which we spoke about yesterday. It's like nobody said anything of that nature. Yeah. So your question, just your concern. Yeah. Moving on. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. Well, I mean, I hate to say it because it, it's a line that I don't like to to go down because it, it is tend to tends to be a bit of a divisive line. But there are players in this game in the election in Alberta who are coming from, I'll say, two different faiths. One of them is the, the faith of the almighty dollar. Um, oh, yes. And the other one is there. And like take back Alberta. I think we talked about it last time I was on. 
um, they're really starting to show their hand now. Um, and some of the things that we've been talking about for a while are finally starting to bubble up to the surface as being real. So the leader of Take Back Alberta, it was revealed in a Globe and Mail article yesterday, or confirmed, I should say, mm -hmm. because we've been poking that bear for a little while. He's actually married to um, one of the chief political correspondents for a media organization, check out our pin tweet, um, called True North. And mm -hmm. their Telegram group seems to clearly show that they are coordinating their messaging. So he's giving her things that Take Back Alberta wants to talk about. She's then writing those stories for this far-right media organization. Shades of Brian Lilly and Nevada Yelich. Yep. Um, but even more concerning, one of the people that they have involved as one of their organizers is a woman named Benita Peterson. And she's kind of famous for being heavily involved with Convoy and Freedom stuff. She was outside of a hospital. Mm -hmm. She organized protests outside of hospitals during COVID. Oh, uh, nice there's no shortage of video of her where she's presenting herself as being a, a journalist. And she's telling nurses that they're lying. They're just lying. There's nobody in the hospital with COVID. You're lying. You're all part of the, the big conspiracy. You're liars and you lie. Um, so she's doing a lot of the organizing for Take Back Alberta now. And one of the, the recent posts that she put up, she makes it very clear that uh, they're, they want to take back all of the levels of government to make sure that our swimming pools and the change rooms are safe and to make sure that the libraries don't have inappropriate books in them. So it's not just like they didn't come out straight, come out and say it. I, I mean, straight come out and say it probably is the right turn of phrase, but um, they're, they're now targeting the trans community and they're mm -hmm. now targeting what books can and cannot exist in libraries. Um, and, you know, there's, there's certainly, there's debate to be had about what sections, what books should be in. And there's certainly, you know, very strong reason to argue, well, maybe there's some books that shouldn't necessarily be in the elementary. I don't think Fifty Shades of Grey needs to be in an elementary school library. Hmm. But to say that yeah, that, that can't point. be in a high school library, or to say that Handmaid's Tale can't be in a high school library, that's... Um, dangerous ground that we're because when you start to i mean i wouldn't say that 50 shades of gray is literature i've never read it so i can't speak to it but mm -hmm. to something like the handmaid's tale that's a that is a cornerstone piece of canadian literature mm -hmm. and absolutely to say that books like that or any book that has any sort of reference to anything sexual can't be in libraries is a very very dangerous road to go down and when you combine that with smith's reprofessed love of desantis and the mm -hmm. book bannings that are going down in florida which are largely being driven by the way by fringe groups that are saying i don't like this book you should take it out i don't like this book you should take it out because the way that desantis did it in effect was he structured a law that said if you don't like these books then they can be banned you just have to go through this process to determine what books need to be removed from the shelves and anybody who hasn't even read the books can submit mm -hmm. a complaint and then the books get pulled mm -hmm. and which is absurd it's it's absolute it's that far away from mm -hmm. from book burning oh yeah. yeah but and you know that's next you know that's next. Oh, I'm sure you know that that's will. i'm sure that there will be oh. organizations that decide hey you know what we've decided that these books shouldn't be in libraries so we're going to have us a good old-fashioned book burning and i don't think that they're going to realize just how far they've actually gone because these are people who are operating and this is where i've said it before and i'm going to say it again the left and the right fundamentally differ because the right members of the right i should be clear so i'm not talking about everybody on the right but members there's a right. lot of people on the right who are coming approaching politics from a place of religious fervor and they believe that this is their god-given mission to do xyz and save society period. And so the left has a tendency of going, ah, fuck, I don't want to deal with this. Um, and withdrawing because it is so over the top. So always, um, but the, the, the people who are pushing these agendas, the people who are talking about the, the banning trans people from washrooms and change rooms, uh, or getting rid of books in, in libraries, 
and these are public libraries to be clear as well mm -hmm. it's not just school libraries that they're talking about uh, yeah so it's like a town city library sort of yep. thing um they're they're not going to stop because god told them to do this right well it's it's and that's largely it's largely religion driven and there, i was reading an article yesterday about how something like 57% i think that was the number now, is that representative of 330 million people? I honestly don't know how many people were polled, but they want um, they want a, a, a theocracy in the United States, and they seemed they keep saying, you know, the United States of America is a Christian nation. No, it isn't. It never was. It was founded for religious freedom, but it was not founded as a Christian nation. It's written in their constitution: separation of church and state. But they're trying to rewrite that. They, and, and I keep telling people, The Handmaid's Tale is not a manual. It's not a manual. Stop. It, and it, it's disturbing because you will have Christo, a Christo-fascist state on your hands. If, you, if people, you know, it, we just get so worn down, and this is what they're doing. They're trying to wear us down. And, and it's taking place because there's days where I, I, have to, I have to unplug. But I'm not going to unplug permanently. See, that's what matters. We have to be we have to be vigilant. We have to stay on top of this, because I'm telling you, if we don't, we will find ourselves in in a, in a uh, theocracy quicker than you know. Mm -hmm. We did a, a fascinating and deeply alarming conversation with former conservative MLA minister and deputy premier Thomas Lekasik. I'm glad you mentioned that. That was absolutely fantastic. I watched it. I've got I've got like clips set up side. Like I could have basically just like played the whole show within it, mm -hmm. right? And just let that go. It was you have to see it, kids. You have to see it. Really it was good. it was I, I was I was very grateful that he he agreed to come on the show. But one of the things that I I asked him there because I've been running this nightmare scenario through my head over and over again and I couldn't find a, a way to disarm it is if the election is as close as it's proposed to be, if the mm -hmm. polling's accurate, it's gonna be five to 10 seats at the most that determine who forms government in Alberta. If it's accurate, if Smith and the UCP form government and they've got like seven seats, let's say, um, all it takes is seven MLAs who have allegiances to an organization like Take Back Alberta, if not Take Back Alberta, to say, um, hey, that's a real nice government you got there. If you don't want to have a non-confidence vote on your first bill or on your budget, here's your legislative agenda. Um, we've, we've written it for you. Any questions? <laughs> uh, and they can do that. And in fact, uh, Mr. Lukasik was uh, very clear that that's happened before. Mm -hmm. There was a premier who was forced out of office, in effect, uh, by a group of hard right MLAs who said, this is what we'd like you to to legislate on. And if you don't, then we're going to make your, your budget motion a non-confidence vote and you're not going to win. Um, that premier ended up stepping down. Uh, mm -hmm. So this is this is a strategy that absolutely can work where a small group of radicalized people, extremists, if mm -hmm. you will, can influence the entire government for the entire province just because they managed to push through six MLAs. And when you take a look at the fact that Take Back Alberta proudly states that they have control of half of the UCP board, they've done a very good job of taking over constituency associations. And Smith is beholden to them. We saw that this week. Mm -hmm. uh, the yeah. candidate for Calgary Lougheed uh, went and had himself quite the little fundraiser um, where he... <laughs> He, they had convoy organizers. James Bowder was there. Yeah, uh, and he was there. That's the guy who wrote the the MOU, MOU. saying, "Hey, Governor General, would you please overthrow the government for me and then install us in power? Because we think we'll do great." Uh, and, and 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 who told him to do that again? Who told him to do that? I don't actually know who told him to write the MOU. God, of course, according to him, on the fifth estate, God told me to do this to form a convoy and to write this MOU. I'm like, dude. Look, I, I'm not going to belittle anybody's belief system, but um, I'm, I'm going to question if I'm, you know, I a am. supreme, being, if a supreme being actually, you know, 
said that a deity a deity said that to you no. wouldn't you've you know wouldn't wouldn't that supreme being maybe i don't know have a conversation with some of the big holy leaders of the different religious sects around the world like the the, the pope I mean, for example no, no, a, I, I don't i don't buy that as a member of the rainbow community i don't buy that because i've heard that uh, i'm sorry people who tell you they know what god wants for some reason would no, they're full of shit. dovetail perfectly with what they want so no no thanks yeah, <laughs> yeah. well i mean at the end of the day here's the two pieces that that i think are important Mr. Lukasik is a bona fide credentialed as you can get. He served under five yeah. conservative premiers. Right. He's mm -hmm. as conservative, Alberta conservative as you can get. And he's very clear that the UCP and especially Danielle Smith are not conservative. They're they not. are using the conservative yeah. brand, but they're not conservative. And I would argue that when it comes to folks who make you know claims like that, I think it's absolutely imperative that Mr. Lukasik and other conservatives like him call out the UCP for what it is. And if somebody's going to claim that God told them to take over the, uh, the capital with an MOU, first of all, I have questions because it didn't work. So yeah. Yeah. divine yeah. will only gets you so far. But second of all, I think that's where it's incumbent on uh, people of faith to say, oh, I think that might be bullshit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I now I I wanted because I'm I'm a little confused about something because you have the Tariq Khan thing going yeah. on, and then there was so is there yeah, the the person that stepped down is, was that an actual MP like are, are there like two cases of these type things going on with two people? Oh, there's there's lots. Uh, so Tariq Khan, uh, he stepped down. He was the one who had all of the anti-Semitism uh, right. and the Holocaust denial stuff. He because he was appointed to the multiculturalism board. Yeah. Which, of uh, course, I note an inher inherent irony now for the, the CAM money that went to Leith Rauf or whatever his name in Montreal. Like this, the federal government gave some money to an organization that I apparently had hired someone who had basically an anti-Semitic background to do some pro, I guess. But Ahmad Hussein asked for the money back and then opened an investigation to how this happened. But conservatives lost their mind. I mean, it's all that Brian Lilly and... Goldstein, all them wrote about like for about mm. like five weeks. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So now we've got this guy who's on the multiculturalism committee, uh, who had to step down, who had that photo uh, that I am also loath to show. Uh, but you did, so I'm going to go for it. Uh, but uh, all the trigger warnings, um, Mr. Grizzly. Mm hmm. So everybody, uh, we're going to give you a, 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 if you a want parental to. guide this morning. Here we go. <sighs> Yikes. Yeah. It's okay, enough of that. Yeah. Now, they knew of this. The party knew of this, from what I'm gathering from your, from what you told us on your show. Oh, that's knew of this before. So when Kenny was there, they did not allow him to be a candidate because of stuff like this. Yeah, but he tried to run. Known. He tried to run in 2019, and the party took a look at his social media and were like, "Oh, that's not going to work for us." Um, <sighs> they they sent him a letter, which we were we received a copy of, uh, where they basically said, "Hey, so." That's super hateful and not in line at all with our, our party policies. Um, it's not in line at all with the what the party wants to be. So, so long. Thanks for all the fish. Um, and disqualified him. And it was fascinating to watch Casey Medew at the press conference, uh, I believe it was last week, where he was like, they were like, so how come you guys even let him on? And he was like, ah, oh, we didn't know. And they were like, but you're the ones who vetted and disqualified him. Like this isn't, you have ministers. The The kicker yeah. to this thing is he's very clearly close with, with at least one minister, because like I said, he was at the, the minister McAmory's launch launch, but to claim that the minister who ran against him in the nomination before he was disqualified, didn't hear anything about this. And she's still a minister. Okay. Now here's the other thing. Right. This is the other thing you put. This this one has a twofer, Mr. Grizzly. So there was that photo, and then there was this. So Shahid Afsal Guru will remain a symbol of freedom of our motherland. He gave his life for the noble cause. Yada yada yada. Who's the Shahid Afsal Guru? 
uh, convicted for his role in the 2001 Indian Parliament attack. He was a member of the Pakistan-based jihadist terrorist organization, Jaish-e Mohammed. So uh, he had a role in an Indian Parliament attack. We just saw January 6th, and it's past January 6th, and she thought that he would be a good person to put on a multiculturalism board. And where are the articles from Lillian Goldstein, who lost their minds about whatever his name is? who got a media thing and the government said, Oh, she, we can't do that. And we're taking that money back. And, uh, we're wondering, looking into how that happened. And this is, um, uh, uh, Oh yeah, you caught us. Um, yeah, he's gone now. And, uh, one media question per outlet. Oh no, no, yeah. let's correct that. Now it is one per reporter now. Yeah. Well, and, and it, it just goes to, all you got to do is slap a different label of the party name on that individual and it's interesting how the media will switch from bad bad evil liberal to well he's conservative he's not that bad but what he said and did was worse <laughs> i mean even looking at the the candidate from Lougheed, that's another one that blew up this week where this is a guy who has campaigned on ah covid restrictions are just the worst guys i lost my video or i lost my business my restaurant because of covid it's just Life's so unfair and COVID was bad and we can never let this happen again because freedom, he is, of course, affiliated with Take Back Alberta. Um, is that the pizza guy? No, he's not the Without Papers pizza guy. He had like, a, I think it was a, a Slavic type restaurant. Is what he was oh, okay. um, and it's fascinating because when you go back, we were able to find a news article from 2016 where he's talking about how he moved his business into the core uh, of Calgary and he isn't making any money. No, yeah. that's interesting. Like, but now he's got a, now he's got a scapegoat yeah. with COVID restrictions. Right? Um, so. he, he shared a video that mocked supporters of Ukraine, um, mm. and was, was right walking right up to the edge of being pro Putin. It also had a lot of other, uh, pretty horrifying stereotypes that were included in the video. Um, and he's apparently through documents that, that we received, uh, $200,000, uh, in, in collections from his bank, um, like 187,000, but, um, that, that they just went after him for this year. Um, mm -hmm. he's the same guy, like I said, who had the fundraiser that all the, the James Bowder and the convoy folks went to Smith tried to say, I had no idea there were any convoy folks in the crowd. And literally one of them is wearing a truck Trudeau hoodie with the dates of the convoy on it in a picture with her. Yeah. So, but I didn't know. <laughs> I, I swear. I, I didn't know, man. You, you, you can't even, you can't even come up with a good lie anymore. Yep. Like, look, we, we know politicians lie. I get that. But at least I, I had respect for the ones who could, you know, be really creative and make it, you know, we had to do some work to figure out that that was a lie. This is, this is a, a two-year-old on the playground could lie better than this. Yep. It's, it's just, it's the worst timeline ever. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not boring. No, you have this con guy, but this... Is there, like you said, is that 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 person we were talking about the first time? Is that someone that was a in cabinet that had to step down? Uh, no. Okay. Because I, I I'm hearing two stories. I don't know if it's the same story. No, it's two different stories. Okay, so it's two different stories. Yeah. Okay. So the the con guy, he he has stepped down from the the inclusion and multiculturalism council. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. And then later on in the week, we learned about the candidate for Calgary Law, who's a different individual. I believe his name is Eric Bouchard. Um, okay. And he's the one who had the restaurant that he blamed on COVID, but he also blamed on the economy four years before COVID. Um, and has these sh rather shocking social media um, things that he shared uh, and is $200,000 in debt and organized the fundraiser that Daniel Smith attended with all the convoy folks, including Theo Fleury. Oh, yay. <laughs> I feel bad for Theo, man. I feel, I feel like I don't. <sighs> They're using that guy. Uh, there's They're a lot of people that. using that guy. 
And it makes me sad because he he has a massive, massive trauma history. There's no question about that. That's well, well documented. But the fact that there are so many people who are using him and enabling him to go down all of these conspiracy theory rabbit holes that are simply demonstrably false. When they know he's vulnerable. It's it's gross and it's sad. Like I really he he tried to hop on the the breakdown a couple of times this week and be like, well, what about X, Y, Z? And it's just like, what happened to you, man? Because even after um, he was very public about all of all of his trauma, right. he was still like, I don't remember him being this much. I don't ever remember no, pre-COVID. He was doing stuff for kids at some point. Right? Yeah. Um, and he was doing a lot of really important, effective advocacy. And the tragedy that I don't think that he realizes and nobody's willing to point out to him is that because he's gone so far down the the rabbit hole with all of these not things, um, mm-hmm. it has damaged his ability to act as an advocate for child survivors of sexual trauma. Like that's just the bottom line. Yeah. And he's yeah. actually harming kids now in a different way. Yeah. And it's really sad. So, yeah. Well, here's a comment from Rhiannon here, uh, Saucy Seawitch. Theo Fleury is the perfect example of how vulnerable people are taken advantage of and used. It's tragic, to be honest. The same thing with Jamie Soleil. And I completely agree. Um, uh, I, I believe probably a lot of the isolation that took place over the last three years contributed to that because they would... F- they would latch on to something and then go down the rabbit hole and get into a bias confirmation echo chamber. And everybody's telling you what you're reading is true and you start to believe it. It's how it happens. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. And he's completely lost. Uh, he needs he needs counseling, perhaps some medication. The same thing with Jamie Soleil. And the sad thing is nobody seems to be doing anything to help either one. Are they, do they not have family members or people who love or care for them that could come forward and say, okay, you, you got to stop this, man. You, you've gone right off the rails. Uh, and, and I don't know if they're beyond redemption. I'd like to think that they aren't. I would like to think there's redemptive uh, capabilities for everyone, except for maybe Hitler, of course. But, you know, I think that everybody is capable of, of redeeming themselves if if they can get out of the mess they're in, if they can get out of the, the bias confirmation echo chamber that they're in and start to listen to real salient points from ac- actual experts and not some buddy who had a theory who has a doctorate, but their doctorate is not in virology or, you know, or immunology or something like that. There's mm-hmm. some there's some fascinating research that's been done on radicalization and de-radicalization, and none of it is optimistic. Uh, none of the, it. I know. The percentages of people who are able to be de-radicalized after they've become radicalized is shockingly low and tragically low, and Tragic. it happens. I mean, for sure. There, there are, there's mm-hmm. no shortage of people. You can take a look at some of the, the, the folks who have come out of white supremacist movements, for example, mm-hmm. where they have been able to, this is your show, not mine, so I'm going to swear, uh, but they've been able to unfuck themselves and mm-hmm. with a lot of help, with a lot of support, with the, you know, evidence-based strategies. Um, but I think one of the things that we're going to be grappling with over a very long time, and I think we're grappling with in the province of Alberta, is the fact that we have not insignificant segments of our society that have become radicalized over the last couple of years. They are committed. They are organized. They are networked. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we're going to have to figure out as a society how we're going to deal with these folks because they are part of our society we do have to figure out how we're going to help them. Yeah, I know. Uh, and, and, and you're right. You're right, though. They are part of our society. We, we, need, to, we need to keep that in our minds. Yep. And it's difficult because when somebody's screaming hatred in your face, after a while, it starts to get to you a little bit. So, you know, my, my sort of natural position is, is one of, of defense. You know, my whole life I was a goaltender or a defenseman in, in hockey and in, and in soccer, football. Um, and, and because I was a little kid who got picked on and I moved around a lot because I was a military kid, I'm always in a defensive position. So my, my instinctive reaction is to come out, you know, fighting. But it's like I need to – I'm training myself, thanks to Mr. Beaver here, on how to, you know, step back from that and, and observe it a little bit and then show compassion to these folks because they do need it. I cannot empathize with any of them, though. 
because they all seem to want to do so many of us harm. But I can be compassionate. And and what was it? There was somebody who told me uh, I was on a I was on a, a podcast with Sam G. And there was a woman who who told me the story about how um, we my yelling in the streets was was able to get her cousin to safety. Um, and she told me she said she works she works in in um, in a city and works with city council and fields calls from individuals. And she said people just want to be heard. And I'm like, you know what, I think, and that's something I need to pay attention to. People want to be heard. So I'm willing to listen, but if you're going to scream hatred at me and, and scream hatred and not necessarily even at me, because I look like one of them, right? <laughs> Come on. I got the beard. I got the bald head. I look like one of them, but if and I can, I can walk amongst them, but if I'm going to sit there, you cannot be screaming hatred towards any group of people except people doing evil things like Nazis. For example, you want to, you want to scream evil things at Nazis, feel free, go ahead. Um, but it, it's, it's a complex situation and I don't have a solution. And I am concerned that we, if, if we cannot redeem these people, what do we do? Like, how do we help them? They're still members of our society. They still are, they're still Canadians. They still have the same rights and privileges we all enjoy. They can vote for whomever they want. They can practice whatever religion they want. As long as their religion is not harming others, they're free to do so. And I'll support the right to do so. But what are we going to do if the, if these people are not redeemable, what happens? Cause you know, they're already talking about trying to form communities where they have their safe zones that Daniel Smith talked about by flying to Florida. I'm like, what the hell is going on? There's a lot of fear, I think is what it boils down to. That's what I've seen. And certainly we've had a couple of, uh, when we do the, the live, live shows and we have people who uh, call in on the Twitter spaces because we do allow, uh, you know, don't bring hate speech, don't bring profanity, and, and you can come and, and talk on the show. Um, and there have been more than a couple of folks who have come on with uh, very far right views. And what I've found is I, I, we don't back down, but we'll mm. say, no, this is what it is. This is why. And it, it, it almost always comes from a, from a place of fear. And that's what's scary about what's going on in the province of Alberta. Because when you take a look at, and I'm going to totally acknowledge all of my straight cis white male privilege for just a quick sec mm -hmm. before I lean into this next bit. But when we're talking about people who are afraid of, uh, or who are anti LGBTQ 2S plus, these are people who are uncomfortable with their own stuffs, uh, and don't know how to deal with it. When we're talking about people who are afraid of, uh, books and libraries, these are people who are uncomfortable uh, with their own stuffs and don't know how to deal with it. When we're talking about, I had a conversation in 2019 when they were looking at rolling back protections for GSAs, um, where I said to somebody, you know what, if you aren't able to have a conversation with your kid and they feel that the only safe space that they can go to is in their school, where there's one of these clubs where their privacy is protected, that's your failure. Mm -hmm. period and that's hard to hear and it's hard to accept and i totally get that but if you haven't been able to establish a relationship with your child where they feel like if they come and say hey i've got some things going on i'd like to talk to you about and they don't feel like you're not going to kick them out of the house or tell them that they're an abomination of god or whatever if you haven't established that relationship with your kid that's on you and trying to flip the whole system to remove protections for kids is just you projecting all of your own insecurities and bullshit. And it's not okay. That conversation ended mm -hmm. abruptly. But <laughs> preach. I'm just like I'm yeah. to put it in the organ music. I wish we had like a like that little clip of Go past the night. Go past the night. Yeah, have some on the jazz show a little bit of Hammond B3 organ action taking place on the jazz yeah, show yeah. if you listen I do love being a rotary speaker <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, is it Lynn? no Lynn yeah. alright I have a couple of clips I, I, I want to, to use I had so many literally I had like five or six clips with your interview with Tom it is that good it is really Thank that you. good um, the one uh, I want to pick it goes a little different from what we've talked about because he talks about um, why it is, uh, or how it is that Notley is different than Smith. 
So, uh, Mr. Grizzly, here we go. I will put that up for you. All right, here we go. Um, what what made the difference? Um, you know, NDP is not my flavor either. Uh, you know, uh, I have epic battles with Rachel Notley and Brian Mason in, in the legislature um, because we disagreed on approaches and policies um, and, and, and matters of that nature. But I can tell you one thing, um, both with Rachel and with Brian and, and several other NDP uh, MLAs that were there, a uh, couple are still, still elected, um, there was mutual respect. Um, they knew their stuff. Rachel knows policy. She knows governance. She knows law. Uh, she knows intergovernmental relations like nobody's business. So when we argued, uh, it was uh, a, a well-versed argument. It, it, was, it was based on facts and nobody could BS the other one because you knew that they would call you on it if you tried. So that was important. It was facts, knowledge, research-based you know, arguments and development of policy. Uh, second thing was there was trust. Um, often as, as a deputy premier, I would sit down with Rachel or with Brian Mason and say, look, Let's hammer this out. Uh, we can end this session early. Uh, what is it that you're looking for? Um, you would make deals on off-the-record basis, and trust was never breached. When you made a deal, you made a deal, and they honored that deal. Uh, so that was important. And in the second, uh, during the committee stage of a, of a passing of a bill in the House, MLAs get to sit anywhere they want in the chamber. They don't have to sit in their own seat. Uh, I would always make a point to go across and sit down with some opposition member just to ask them how are things in their writing. And when you discuss things with, with Rachel, um, I was always satisfied that, that she's doing what she's doing with noble intentions for her constituents and for the province. We may differ on how we want to get there, but I never, ever questioned her motivations. It wasn't because some lobbyist is lobbying her uh, or some friend of a friend or family member, <clears throat> she always had good policy reason for why she was asking for what she was asking. I could never say that about Danielle Smith. That's pretty, uh, pretty telltale right there, don't you think? And there's context when he says that he can't trust Danielle Smith, and that was because of her floor crossing. Mm-hmm. Well, more than that. More I mean, than that, right. In the interview, one of the, the most telling segments for me, I mean, there's, there's a lot. I mean, Thomas was a fascinating person to have this conversation with. But in the, in the interview, one of the things that he says is that he regularly had interactions with Daniel Smith in question period where she would have her scripted questions. And she was very, very good at reading those scripted questions. But when it came to synthesizing the, the data that was in those questions into another question or pivoting from an answer that she was given in question period she got mm -hmm. lost and we've certainly seen when when she's on script and i've said this many times uh when danielle smith is on script she's incredibly effective where mm -hmm. she gets into trouble is when she starts to try to make things up on her own and you see it where she'll do that sort of i'm looking up to the upper right uh, yeah. it's it's she i would love to i've said it i'd, I'd love to play poker with her because her tells got so many tells. are <laughs> perfect um but uh she she doesn't she's not informed she's not able to uh maintain the information and she's not able to to form her own reasonable cogent opinions it just doesn't happen because she spitballs mm -hmm. off the cuff all the time mm -hmm. yeah and he was also particularly offended that when the floor crossing thing came about that she arranged to have a cabinet position for her. And well, she tried to. Yes, <laughs> tried to. So, yeah, so he's, he's going like, I, I can't trust her. I can't trust that. Right. And then when you see what he has to say about Rachel, right. And then he goes on later about like, you know, lending uh, Rachel uh, a vote, which you made a great comment about how that was a wonderful uh, packaging because words matter. And I'm a communications mm -hmm. guy and I noticed it as well as too. And it's like, you, you stepped up right on that says, ah, that's, that's clever. That's good. So like I said, it's a really great interview. Now, this is not from the interview, but it, I've seen this and you, you, you used it in the show and you noticed the exact same thing I noticed as soon as I saw this as well. Mr. Grizzly. Alberta's been through some tough years since 2015. 
But the economy is finally hitting its stride again, and employment is booming. Yet that could all be derailed if the Notley NDP wins. We've seen what they've done before, job killing, tax hiking, anti-energy policies leading to mass layoffs, business closures, and recession. It took years to recover from the last NDP government. We can't risk going backwards again. Vote for Alberta. Vote Conservative. Now, I'm sorry, kids. I should have probably given you a trigger warning that that was coming up. I forgot to mention that P.M. Voldemort was going to be a cop up on your screen there. So for the children watching, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, like Nothing like blatantly lying, though. Anti-energy. Um, no, Rachel Notley is not anti-oil and gas. The pipeline's being built because she's the one that decided it was pretty much a good idea to actually listen to what the court said and actually go consult. <laughs> like he just blatantly lied right there. But what he didn't and, do is more yes. telling to me. Yes, please. Because please. what he that you do not hear a mention of Danielle Smith in there, and in fact, mm -hmm. you don't even hear a mention of the United Conservative Party. No, nope. you just hear vote conservative, and. Yeah. I don't think that there was anybody like the the video is done in such a way that I think everybody who saw it immediately went, oh, we're going to need proof of life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. They're really making Almost me do this. Paper. How do I get through the six minute and one ten seconds without saying Daniel Smith or vote UCP? Yeah. Like it, yeah. It's, and, and this is Harper. He, <laughs> he knows communications. He knows messaging. Mm -hmm. And for him yeah. to mm -hmm. do that video it literally looks like somebody stuck him up against the wall and said we're going to do a, a a video right now it's very strange that it was released as early as it was mm -hmm. um that would typically be something that you would expect to see much closer to the vote where it's going to have much better impact but mm -hmm. the fact that that's stephen harper saying oh the ndp suck vote conservative I don't want to say Daniel Smith because I don't know if she's going to be here after the election because there's probably going to be a leadership review. But vote for Alberta. Folks. Vote for Alberta. Like it's it's when yeah. when the conservative overlord in Canada can't spit out your name. It's telling, isn't it? Damn. It's a little on the telling side. Right? Yeah, I think I think she's too extreme even for him. Like they're probably on the same path and they probably believe the same things, but he's like, you're too abrupt for most humanity. Most people can't take the abruptness. We put you, he, well, Harper's the ultimate incrementalist and she's like, like yes. let's run the end game now. Let's effing go. Whoa. That's it. He's an incrementalist and she is, just, let's go for all the cards right here. Blow it all for us. Just Well, and I'm sure that Harper, I mean, he's, say what you will about his policies and his politics and certainly mm -hmm. I've got some thoughts on those mm -hmm. um, but he is incredibly effective when it comes to strategy on most fronts oh, yeah. and for him to I have zero doubts that he's looking at Daniel Smith he's looking at the people that brought her to the dance he's looking at take back Alberta and he's going oh we've got a problem here uh, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to deal with this uh, because she has invited the far fringe into the room and she has indebted herself to them in such a way that there's no, I'll put it this way. Nobody that I've talked to can see a way out for Smith that doesn't end in her getting yeah. removed from leadership. And yeah. that's just the ball game. Yep. Back to back NDP mandates, Alberta. Two terms in the sin bin changes a party's priorities. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mr. Grizzly, do we have a show? We do indeed, good sir. Nate. We do indeed. Thank you so very much. Oh, Thanks for joining it's us. A yeah. It's always a joy. I love your content. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, Kits, that's the end. I love your backdrop, too. Yeah, really. <laughs> Your lighting is great. The backdrop is awesome. Yep. I, I, I watched some YouTube them. tutorials. Uh, <laughs> I need I need to tune into that. I need to tune into that. I'm still working on my lighting here. Can you tell? Uh, all right, kids. That's the end of the True North Eager Beaver Alberta pre-election special episode 3.5, let's say.
we'll probably be putting out as for because you know the web doesn't allow us to round up that way with episode numbers but <laughs> if you liked what we do uh, well we loved making this for you because sharing is caring please give us the word of mouth we know that it's invaluable and you have the mouths that we want the word to be coming out of so spread it very liberally wink okay uh <laughs> be- <laughs> we love to hear from you. Uh, so uh, please write to us uh, via our Facebook blog, True North Eager Beaver, our Twitter feed at True Eager, or our email, True North Eager Beaver at gmail.com. Um, and uh, because democracy is something that you do, particularly if you live in Alberta, um, take a little writing implement and a little piece of a transformed tree and uh, write some scratches down there to let certain MLAs and uh, maybe even media outlets know that uh, you're not down with the cray-cray and you would probably like the media to ask the inconvenient follow-up question. Thank you very much. All right. (laughs) If you write, it matters. Trust me. They'll probably think that you're 70 and they really want your vote. So, you know, like, especially if you use cursive. Mm. So, just letting you know. Okay. So, <laughs> hey, it's all about strategy, man. We don't make the rules. We just have to play within them. <laughs> I have to practice my cursive. <laughs> um, let's see. I don't know what to say next. I'm sorry. I kind of lost my train of thought <laughs> to how to close the show. Uh, so, uh, before we go, oh, yes, yes, absolutely. You if you were 23 would... years old, you just got nominated for your third Oscar. So, you went to the Oscars yes. for the third. What the Oscar. hell is that? Where's that coming from? Somebody won an Oscar. Congratulations. At that's 23. That's an accomplishment. But that, 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 accomplishment. that was that the Zendaya? No, no, that was the um, YouTube, uh, the, 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 the clip that played the Harper thing. It got tired of waiting. So it just, it was like, okay, you're <laughs> oh, getting another clip whether you want one or not. <laughs> ah, ah, <bless. laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, because democracy said something that you do, yeah, right, do all that stuff. If you would like to support us, uh, we would love that. So, that little squiggly thing that uh, Mr. Grizzly's pointing at, uh, that's called a QR code. And if you bring your little cell phone towards that and uh, take a little click there, that will bring you to our emergency hot chocolate Guinness slash Caesar slash hot chocolate fund and farm boy gluten free ice cream chocolate chip cookie fund. Keeps me alive. And if you're uh, really thirsty, potato water with some clamato. Ooh, yes, 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 yes. The potato water with some clamato. Uh, or, you know, liquid salad. Printed in Calgary, by the way. Yes, liquid salad. True. Yes. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Except, well, then, absolutely. Then, yeah, because this is an Alberta-themed show, then it is a Caesar fund. There you go. At two kitties. Well, use <laughs> Alberta brand potato water and have yourself a Caesar. There you go. Um, Alberta vodka is a real thing. <laughs> so you use those beautiful digits uh, if you have them. <laughs> and you go not to... Not everybody does. Not everybody does. And you go to ko-fi.com, that's coffee, slash eager beaver, all in one word, lowercase letters. And that's where you will find our emergency fund where you can keep us nice and hydrated in time for the next show. All right. Uh, and somebody will turn us to the sun. Don't worry about that. Um, so <laughs> um, for the eager beaver, this is your eager beaver saying it could be a tough world out there, kids. So please take time to uh, be kind to and gentle with yourself and maybe smell some flowers. Nate, some words of wisdom, please. I mean, the only thing that I would say is one of the things that I think that we have to do a much better job of is having conversations with people and uh, mm-hmm. being willing to ask people. I had a conversation with somebody earlier this week where they talked about Bill C-11 and the censorship and ran around and ran. And I was like, it's CanCon, man. Like, have you read the bill? Yeah. And he was like, no. And I was like, I would encourage well, you to read the bill because all of the things that you're saying aren't actually part of it. And I understand that you're concerned about it, but rather than believe what somebody who's trying to sign you up for a, a subscription for a news service is, is trying to, to sell you, just read the bill. It's publicly available. And it was a, mm-hmm. I wasn't mean, uh, what might have been a little sarcastic at times, but that's kind of my brand. Uh, and he said that he was going to go read the bill. So one of the ways that we can, I think, walk people back from some of the rhetoric that's out there is by saying, Hey, you know what? Go read the thing that you're concerned about. Don't just take somebody's word for it. Don't take my word for it because I got my interpretation of it. But have those conversations and I'll, I'll end with my line. Keep the conversation going. There you go. 
Mr. Grissom. That's a very good one. Words of wisdom. Uh, well, I, I'm going to second that, what you just said, and, and trying to, you know, sh- you don't need to be empathetic towards a person's cause to show them compassion. And, and, and like you said, we, we do need to communicate better. So it's incumbent upon me to become a better listener. And it's something I am continually working on. There are times when you have to shut the conversation down and walk away. So, you know, we're not, we're not Christ. We don't have to turn the other cheek if we choose not to. You do not need to take abuse. But I do encourage you to try and listen. Now, when they start to say abusive things, walk away. Because the argument will just continue because your, your blood pressure is going to rise. You're going to respond appropriately. They're going to respond appropriately. You both get backed into a corner and you put up your dukes. And that fixes nothing. So there are times to walk away from the conversation. But yes, we do need to communicate better. We do need to listen more. And we do need to be much more compassionate towards one another. Mm-hmm. And Nate, before we go, I'm going to pull a Nate because I got one more. <laughs> I told you I watched. <laughs> this is a short one. Um April 28th came and went. Has Daniel Smith filed yet those defamation? You know, it's not to any publicly available record, oh. I'll say. Okay. And and she kind of said, uh, no, now that I've got the ethics commissioner investigation, I can hide behind that. So never mind. She, so she's disagreeing to disavow that she did not uh, file those papers? She has an election now. Is the the official line is that she will not be commenting because there's an election now. So it's it was all okay. a BS. <laughs> all right, Mr. Grizzly, roll those credits. Damn it, bitchy some days. Wow, <laughs> just wow. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver Media podcast. The True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors. The Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum. And The Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. date with my beaver sweetie all righty well you have a good time all right i'll see you later take care everybody thank you mr grizzly appreciate it hi i'm emily roger and i host a leadership show called the boiling point with my co-host dave vale together we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs thought leaders and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com.